isn't it such a great self-discovery tool is that we know that trauma and past events in our life that are that have shaped our life that they're often yes they're held in the nervous system but we also hold them in the body as tension tension in the in the muscles tension in the fascia and so the interesting you know correlation with breathing and tension is like when you're exhaling when you're like ah your body can't hold on to tension. And so as we breathe in this way, and we're kind of practicing this, this act of letting our body consciously relax and let go, oftentimes things come back to people that they, they never would have remembered otherwise, because our memories, as much as they're stored in our brain, are stored in our body. Welcome to Better with Dr. Stephanie. I am your host, Dr. Stephanie Estima. This show is for women just like you with a deep desire for learning, self-actualization, and becoming more of who you already are. Every week, we are going to deconstruct how to build better bodies, better minds, better relationships, better sex, and better families. I'll be giving you access to world-class thought leaders to help give you the tools to answer this question. What are the simplest things that you can do today to get better tomorrow? I am part geek, part magic, and want to share the juiciest questions, topics, and often taboo conversations that I think I've always wanted to be a part of and I wanted to be having. So let's get better together. Hey, hey, Bettys. Welcome back to another episode of Better with Dr. Stephanie. It's me, your host, Dr. Stephanie Estima. This week, we are talking to Jennifer Mansell. She is a certified breathwork facilitator and somatic coach. And our episode today is all about breathwork. So we are going to talk about what breathwork is, how we can use it in our arsenal of tools for healing, for improving our nervous system function and balance, for reducing our stress, and for healing old trauma, which we all have. Now, Jen is my breathwork coach. I have done many of her classes. She is by far the best breathwork facilitator that I have ever had the pleasure of being a student in her class. And I invited her to be on the podcast. So a little bit about her, as I mentioned, she's a certified breathwork facilitator, somatic coach, and really her genius is helping people connect with the inner wisdom of their bodies. Now you can already see why I really appreciate and love Jen um, because her philosophy around breathwork is very similar to my own philosophy for healing in general is getting into your body and getting out of your head. So what do we talk about? We talk about what the heck breathwork is. It's, you know, free (laughs) for everyone. It's just really altering the tempo of your breath and how we can manipulate the amounts of carbon dioxide to um, oxygen ratios in the body that can unlock and alter um, our consciousness. And it can bring us into a state of euphoria. And she, we talk about many different types of, of breath breathing or breath work. There's a lot of different types. There's box breathing, 
healing. There's uh, holotropic uh, breath work. There are uh, many, like there's uh, integrative breath work, transformational breath work, conscious connected breathing, which is what Jen teaches, radiance breath work, like the list goes on and on. So we cover what the basics are around it. Of course, what the benefits are, what the benefits might be imparted to someone who is using breathwork on a regular uh, basis. One of the biggest ones being relaxation. Um, Particularly when we think about the last year and a half, um, consciously and as a collective, I think we all need to be doing some breathwork to help us, you know, process some of the trauma, the collective trauma that we have been through um, as a whole. We talk about cardiovascular health, stress and anxiety, pain management, helping with performance and endurance. And then we talk about what a breathwork session looks like. If you are someone who has never heard of breathwork or you may have sort of heard it in the periphery, uh, it can kind of seem like this weird, um, super alt, um, um, you know, endeavor. So we walk through what some of the sort of initial phases of a breath work might look like, you know, the mean, like kind of what's happening at the, in the, in most of the class, the apex, and then sort of the after, um, the afterglow, if you, um, if you, um, want to look at it that way. And, the important thing here for um, us to remember is that it is just breathing, right? Like you can stop at any time. You can always control it. You know, you're not going to lose control of anything. And that's a big fear that I often hear, um, especially for my type A's, my type A Bettys. We don't like to lose control. We always like to be driving at the wheel front and center. So we talk about this idea of like releasing. We talk about the inhale and the exhale and how the inhale is more masculine, the exhale is more feminine and how we can really release in order to be radiant. And Jen, I have, uh, she is such a fantastic facilitator. Um, I have invited her with the release of this podcast. We are also, for those of you who are in my Hello Betty membership, which is my monthly membership on all things female. So we talk about fitness and fuel and hormones and the divine feminine and the female psyche and what it's like to be living in, uh, in today's world as a woman. She is going to be one of my star guests um, in June. So she is going to be taking my Bettys through a breathwork session. It is going to be live. It is going to be fabulous. And if you are interested, of course, you can just head over to hellobetty.club. That's H-E-L-L-O-B-E-T-T-Y dot C-L-U-B. And without further ado, please enjoy my conversation with Jennifer Mansell. I get a lot of questions about how to ease perimenopause and menopause symptoms. And here's a really simple answer for you. Take a good mineral supplement. Your body loses a ton of minerals as you transition through perimenopause and menopause and mineral deficiencies make a lot of the common symptoms worse. For example, if you're struggling with poor sleep, fatigue, joint pain, hot flashes, or any other side effects that are wearing you down, you might think about giving Beam Minerals a try. Their full-spectrum mineral supplement contains every single mineral that you lose during perimenopause and menopause. And there is a meaningful dose here with close to 100% bioavailability. All you have to do is take a shot of liquid every morning to replenish your mineral stores and ease the symptoms that you might be experiencing. Beam Minerals just taste like water and you'll feel the difference within a few days. Head over to beamminerals.com and use the code BETTER for 20% off. 
Jennifer Mansell, I am so thrilled to welcome you to the Better Podcast and to introduce you to my Bettys, the fans of the show. Welcome. Amazing. Thanks for having me. I have um, been wanting to have this conversation for a while. I was telling you in the pre-chat that we have not yet discussed breathwork on the podcast. We've talked about other proxies for healing. We've talked about psychedelics. We've talked about plant medicines. We've talked about even doing, you know, journeys with, you know, rose petals in the bath. You know, there's many ways that we can um, self-actualize and get to become more of who we are. And you were the person that I have wanted to have this discussion with, not only because you have been my breathwork uh, facilitator and my coach, and I've seen, um, I've done a lot of breathwork classes. You are by far my favorite, but I think that you can also speak to why this is important and some of the science behind it for some of my geeky Bettys who are like, okay, I need to know why this is important. Why do I need to invest my, you know, my time, my energy, my money into this? So I'm, I'm thrilled to be having this conversation with you. So excited. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm just really happy to be here. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So before we get into breath work and we get into all the nitty gritty and all that fun stuff, I wanted to ask you in, in all of your years facilitating and the, um, the, you know, what I would assume at this point would be thousands of, uh, breath work, um, uh, sessions that you facilitated. Are yeah. there any observations that you've made around general human breathing patterns? So, you know, are we typically, would you say, are we shallow breathers? Are we mouth breathers? Are we is there lots of nasal obstruction? Like what are some of the things that you have noticed generally in the population and then potentially how that can change as someone becomes, or as someone goes through and does more breath work? Yeah, sure. So it's fascinating when someone comes for a breath work session, this is, you know, pre COVID when I could actually like see them in person, but, um, to watch someone breathe and to see how the breath moves through the body actually tells us so much about that person on multiple levels of, of being. And so most people tend to only breathe into their chest. Really. Um, we're kind of like shallow chest breathers. And that's really because most of us, um, just haven't consciously retrained our respiratory system to breathe in a deeper, fuller way, which is our nature. If you see a baby, babies are like, you know, their bellies are flowing and and the breath is flowing through their bodies. And we just learn over time, you know, little things like holding our bellies in. And so we just breathe up here and we kind of, um, you know, slip into like low grade stress where we're kind of breathing in this, this fight or flight response. Um, and what can happen over time when you start to consciously say, okay, no, I'm going to breathe deep diaphragmatic breaths. I'm going to breathe into the belly. I'm going to expand my into my full lung capacity, which most of us are barely using, um, over time. And it it doesn't even really take that much time. Your body starts to respond. So something that was interesting for me when I first started practicing breathwork myself, I was asthmatic, um, which is now totally gone. And I also noticed after a few weeks of doing breath work that I went out for a walk and I walked up this super steep hill and I got to the top and I was like, Oh, like I'm good. I can, I can handle it. So 
without doing, you know, obviously exercise helps us to breathe deeper and to train our cardiovascular capacity. Um, but doing breath work also does that and can, can help us kind of get into like the really tricky places where we've held tension over the years, which most of us have due to posture and protecting ourselves and different things like that. Yeah. And I would, I would completely back that up in terms of what I observed in clinical practice. I would often say to someone, okay, take a deep breath. And I was measuring their, the, the capacity for the thoracic cage to expand and normative, you know, when we think of normative data, we want someone to be able to at least expand four centimeters. And so I would say, take a deep breath. And if you're watching this on video, you'll see, uh, I'll take a deep breath the way that they used to do it. It was like, (gasps) Right. So you'd see like the sternocleidomastoid, these like big, powerful neck flexors going. You'd see the shoulders elevating. You'd see, as you were saying, that upper respiratory uh, or the upper lobes of the lung really working. And of course, it's like, you know, the, the neurons that wire together, fire together. So the more you breathe like that, the more you breathe like that, right? As you're saying, we have this sort of shallow breath. And as those, those muscles in the neck become stronger, of course, you start to distort your posture even more. Your head comes forward, your shoulders roll in. And I, I used to give, uh, again, like you said, like back when people used to meet in person, you know, pre-COVID, <laughs> when, I would, when I would go and give a talk at a, you know, corporate, you know, wellness or something, I would say, okay, everybody roll your shoulders forward, tuck your chin in and try to take a breath. Note how easy that is. And now stand up, roll your shoulders back, open up your chest like a peacock, you know, tip your head back a little bit and and take a breath. And of course, at a rate of like a hundred percent, everyone would say, well, the latter, you know, when I'm extended, I'm much, it's, it's much more, you know, easy to take in a deep breath. And I would also, um, you know, the other thing that I, I think just from a, and this is just me nerding out a little bit from an evolutionary perspective, as our brains have gotten bigger, as we learn to cook food and we could take in more calories, like the brain gets bigger. And that of course takes away the space from our sinuses, right? Our, mm-hmm. you know, and our, and our, our, our airway. So the nose has become more prominent. We start doing things like mouth breathing. I think I read a stat like 50% of the population is mouth breathers. And this is particularly becomes an issue overnight. So all this to say, uh, of course, I agree with everything that you're saying, because we see this in, we see this in, in, in practice. So as you were saying as well, it's the chronic stress, like people, what do we do? And we get scared, <gasps> right? We, 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 hold. we, 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 we hold. hold it all. We're yeah. so good at holding. Yeah. And I think a lot of, um, you know, in, in the work that I do, which a lot of it is, is focused on, um, you know, freeing emotional patterns and patterns of tension in the body with the breath. Um, we have just learned over time to just not feel and not allow, um, feelings and sensations to move through our body. And so I think when we're, when we're breathing deeply, we actually can't hold on to those things and we can't hold the tension in. So I think a lot of us over time have learned to control unconsciously control our breath so that we control our emotional state. Mm. And so you bring someone in, you get them deep breathing and all of a sudden there's like layers and layers of things that, that maybe they've held in their body, grief, anger, um, for many years that, um, their breath was actually like managing and suppressing. 
And why do you think that we like to hold on to these things? Because, you know, intuitively you think, well, it would just be better if I could breathe through this, you know, shake it off as Taylor Swift, you know, would say, like, I just want to shake it off, breathe through it and metabolize it. Why is it that you think that we hold our breath? Why do we hold on to some of these emotional patterns? Is it because we don't have the tools or the, what, what is your thoughts around that? Yeah, I think most of us learned, um, as we were growing up that it wasn't acceptable and okay. And likely, you know, as things get passed through the generations, if our parents didn't have parents that were able to validate and allow their feelings, then how is that child to ever learn? So when we're babies, we just, we let it all go. We let it all move through us. We cry when we cry, we, you know, express joy. And it's, it's over time that we start to learn to control and adapt our emotions and feeling states to kind of, um, you know, try to access love and, and get what we need in different ways. So unless we have a, a parent or a, um, you know, older source of wisdom that's there to say to us like, Hey, you know, I see that you're scared right now. It's okay. Like we can be scared together and to validate it and to allow it. Then the, the child learns to hold in, hold in tears, hold in feelings. And, and our society is not super accepting of that. We see it as weakness. We, um, you know, we don't know how to hold space for each other to feel things. So it becomes this very, um, you know, uncomfortable thing in society to just allow our, our emotions to move through. And we just don't know how to do it really. Right. And we, how can we do it for others when we've never learned to do it for ourselves? Right. I was, I was having a conversation with, um, Molly Galbraith, who's coming out. She's going to be, um, a guest on the podcast, girl gone strong. And her whole philosophy is if you can get strong in your own body first, that's actually when you can now begin to help other women, you know, and I've been thinking a lot about since our conversation about this idea of reclaiming the sisterhood, about having Mm -hmm. women, reconnect with each other because we're taught in society really not to trust each other. Like you're, she's going to steal your guy or she, you know, there can only be one woman at the center of attention. There's, you know, all these different messages that we receive as women. And I think that when you don't, you can't actually be there for another person and to say, I know that I see that you're scared. Let's be scared together. Unless you have, you've done that work on yourself to say, Hey, little Steffi, or Hey, little Jen, you know, baby, baby, Jen, baby, Steffi, you know, I call my, my inner child is baby Steffi. So it's like, I know you're scared. You want, like you're scared. Someone, everyone's going to leave you or any moment, someone's going to be like, you're a fraud. You're not actually smart. You know, like I, those are the things that go on in my head. So I'm, uh, you can't, until you attend to those needs within yourself, which is where I think breath work and other proxies come in as a healing modality, it's hard for us to do that for our, you know, people that we love, our, our partners, our children, our families, our communities. So, um, I just, I just love what you're saying and you're very attuned with, um, that, uh, that messaging that it's, it's important for you to get right in your own body as well. Yeah, Absolutely. So tell me, how did you, how did you come into breath work? What, you know, we always, I was saying to you in the pre-chat, you know, we all come into the work that we do, I think for something, something that happened to us either in childhood or as a young adult that really profoundly affected us. And I suspect that the same is true for you. So what happened to you? How did you find breath work and what has it done for you? Yeah. 
I, um, I, I found breathwork after a very long healing journey. Um, since I was very young, I had a very adverse reaction, um, to vaccines when I was very little and had just a whole host and series of chronic health problems from being a two-year-old onward into my thirties. Um, and so, you know, I spent years and years and years in and out of the hospital trying to get support. I had digestive problems, eczema, major allergies, chemical sensitivity. Basically, I was a bubble child. That's what I would say. I couldn't go out for recess, couldn't get sweaty, couldn't go in the sun. There was a lot. So um, as I as I got older, I just sort of said to my mom, like, I that the Western medical system has no answers for me. I've gone to all the doctors I had. Um, and they kept telling me that I was making it up. And I just was like this fierce 16 year old. And I was like, there's, I'm not, I'm not going to let this be the case. I'm going to find a solution. So randomly through the newspaper back in the day, I found, <laughs> um, there was an article about this man who was a natural doctor and I went to him and he sort of like, the first thing he said to me, which is like profound because it's the basis of my work. He leaned over the table and he said to me, you're not sick and your body can heal itself. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. tears. Yeah. Like no one, no one gave me any hope until him. Mm-hmm. And so that sent me down a journey of, you know, doing all the physical healing. I studied nutrition I went to all the naturopaths. I went to all the best functional medical doctors, everyone um, in the city. And, you know, I had tried all of the, you know, what I thought was all of the approaches. And I was still stuck in this cycle and this loop of being unwell. And I didn't understand. I was like doing the green juice, doing the supplements, doing the saunas, doing the lymphatic stuff, doing all of it. And I, I finally came to breathwork after I was working um, with other coaches at the time and, and we were running retreats. And one of the women was a breathwork facilitator and we, um, I co-facilitated with her a few sessions on this women's retreat. And I saw these women just like shed layers of their life in, one, in the course of one weekend and like just leave these retreats profoundly changed. And so I came to this juncture in my life of where I was like, I'm stuck. I need to try something different. And that's when kind of breathwork collided with me. And it was really what helped me understand what was keeping me unwell, which was um, a lot of it was my stress around being unwell and my inability to trust my body and to let go of the control. I was so busy trying to control my body that I wasn't able to, to let go enough and let it just heal, let it just get better. Um, and, you know, breathwork took me through many layers of like, when you're sick for a long time, there's a lot there. There's a lot of fear and there's a lot of um, worry and things that come up. And so as I kind of moved through those layers, I I came back to this place of like my core essence, which is vitality and, and well-being. And 
through that journey, I really learned that the body knows how to get there on its own if it's well supported. Um, and so breath work became this, this tool for me and this tool that I, you know, help to support other people with. Um, and it seems like the simplest thing, just breathing, but it, it ends up, um, supporting us to access the most powerful, magical place within us. So it's a simple tool with like a really profound, um, outcome. And what you're saying, I think, can be extracted to so many people. So there's so much, we'll call it trauma, that you accrued over the course of being sick, being this bubble child, as you said, where you had to really worry about your internal environment, your external environment. Was this food going to cause some sort of, you know, skin reaction or respiratory issue or what have you? And Mm -hmm. I think that as a, you know, someone listening to this, Sometimes when we try to control, and this is as much for me as it is for the people that are listening, right? Sometimes the more we try to control the, there's a meme that I'm thinking of where, you know, you have this sort of rope that you're gripping onto and it's like cutting off your blood supply, right? But you're trying to control it and you're trying to hold on. But as you unravel that rope, all of a sudden you get the circulation back and the skin is not deformed anymore. And as you let go and almost get out of your own damn way, right? Because our minds can really, as much as I have a love and appreciation for neuroscience, our brains can be tricky little, tricky little rascals sometimes because they're like, nope, you got to hold it like this. You got to be strong. You got to do, you got to this and this. And there's all these should things, should, you should do, should do, must do, have to. And we tend to disregard the innate intelligence that the body already has to facilitate its own healing. Absolutely. Yeah. And the amount of times that I have seen people experience like radical, spontaneous healing when they were finally just able to breathe and let go is incredible. So many people who come to me, um, you know, who maybe never done something like this before their first session, they often will go into like grief. Right. Of someone that, that they loved, that they lost. And, and oftentimes we'll even have a, a spiritual experience of reconnecting Like, it's like they shed the grief and they're able to reconnect with that person and that person's essence in a really beautiful way. And so it's, yeah, it's sometimes we can spend our whole lives like looking for this thing and it's actually in the, the letting go of our attachment and our need to have it the way we want it that, that, you know, the healing actually happens. And sometimes I'll also say this too, and I want to define what breathwork is in in just a moment, but sometimes I've done some of your classes and they've been, I've been sobbing, I've been shaking, I've had lobster claw hands, you know, and then others are just so wonderful. So, and it's, and you know, of course the type A's that are listening is like, well, I want to know which one I'm going to get, you know, and it's like, you you don't know which one you're going to get. Sometimes it's just absolute joy coursing through your body. Um, There's been times where I've, you know, I've, I've wanted to speak to like the divine mother and am I, am I behind? Am I doing okay? Am I, you know, and then other times it's, you know, it's, it's processing 
some of the, you know, physical or emotional trauma that still, even though I think I've worked through it, I'm like, oh, I've, I've, I've worked, I've done this work. I've done the, I've done the stuff, I've done the, all the things it's, st- there's still in my nervous system, those things will still come up, um, to the surface for me. So, um, the, the beautiful thing about breath work is I think it gives you exactly what it is that you need in that moment, even though yeah. you don't have the choice to choose what kind of experience that you have. Exactly. And I always say that um, this practice is like a microcosm of life, you know, like life is unknown. We're not really in control. It's, it's rather uncertain. And so breathwork kind of takes us to that place of like, can we let go and can we trust, can we fundamentally trust that life is um, in support of life and that, um, that, that this journey can give me whatever I need, even if it's kind of through the dark or through the muck. Mm-hmm. And not what I want. It gives me what I yeah. need, but not what I want. And oh, it, it, Rolling Stone said it so yeah. well. <laughs> <laughs> so let's actually define for our Bettys, what, what is breath work? So uh, you've talked about this, you know, you mentioned it, that's sort of like breathing, but define what breath work is. And maybe we can head into some of the physiology, maybe what, what's happening in the body in terms of oxygen concentrations and uh, CO2 and carbon dioxide as well. Sure. Yeah. So. Um, when you hear the term breath work, know that it can mean different things. So breath work, the term means that you are using your breath to, you know, and it may be in, um, an increased frequency, or you may be holding your breath. You may be using different types of breath patterns to elicit a, a desired physiological response in your body. The type of breath work that I practice um, and use was originally called breath therapy. It was studied uh, and researched back in the 60s and 70s by a few psychologists that were um, doing research on, on LSD and altered states of consciousness and that spontaneous healing um, happens when people are able to access these altered states of, of being. And so they started to recognize that the breath was playing a key role in this and they created this breath therapy from that. So the type of breath work that I practice is called conscious connected breathing. Conscious connected breathing is a specific way of breathing it's kind of like an active form of meditation. So in meditation, we might sit and kind of watch our mind and and move through our thoughts. Um, In breath work, we focus on the breath and we use the breath as a tool to help us move beyond our thinking mind and our our kind of small survival mind um, to access the sort of more expansive way of thinking. So it's very simple practice. You breathe through your mouth in this practice. You breathe deep diaphragmatic breaths into your belly and you let the breath flow in and out in this kind of like circular flowing motion. And um, typically it's done, you know, different practitioners will do it different ways, but typically it's done in sort of a 45 minute container where you kind of settle into a meditation, you'd start breathing slowly, let the breath 
build up and let the oxygen levels build up. And then, um, the music, you breathe along to music, the music kind of slows down, your breath slows down and you, you kind of float into this very expansive state of, of being. So that's conscious connected breathing. Most people do it in that container. It's guided. It's along to music. You're breathing consistently in that circular flowing breath the whole time. And you're usually in a really safe, comfortable environment where you feel that you can really kind of like sink deeper into this meditative state. And I would say uh, for me, what, what has really helped is I usually use an eye mask. So very similar to if you're doing like a plant, you know, if you're doing any plant medicines, they will, you know, if you're working with the MAPS protocol, they will put an eye mask on you. You'll listen to, um, I I don't know, I'll say like conscious expanding music. It's very ethereal, very flowy. And you sort of find yourself being lost in the, in the beat and in the rhythm of the music. And as you were saying, it's very easy to start to match your breath with the cadence of the music. I think that that's a really big part of it. I think when I've done it with my eyes open or even when I did some of your breathwork sessions, uh, my partner Giovanni and I, as you know, we've uh, done them together. And the first couple of times we were just on one, you know, during COVID or during the lockdowns last year, we would just do it over, you were doing it over Zoom. So we would just use one computer. And so we had the audio just coming from one computer. And we did that the, fir- the first couple of times. I was like, you know, I think I want us to have our own logins. I want to have this directly in my ear, like, love you, honey. But I need, I think I need to have the music just directly, not have this as a shared experience, but more of an individual, yeah. just from an auditory perspective. And And for me, that... I had a, like the difference between those first early sessions where we had the shared audio, wasn't using a mask and then using the mask and the audio just directly in my ears. I had a profoundly different experience. Yeah. Well, just blocking out the other senses because breath work is so much about tuning into the, the felt sense. I say it's like we're dropping out of our head and we're kind of like rebuilding this relationship with our body mm-hmm. and our body speaks the language of sensations. So if you're, you know, if you've got the music in your ears, if you've got your eyes covered, if you're like in a place where you feel safe and and you're on your own and you're comfortable, you've like blocked out so many of the other, you know, distracting sensations. And you can really focus on the sensation of your breath moving through your body and the um, areas of like tension and energy that start to like rise up and um, come to the surface in your body as you're breathing. So mm-hmm. it does help to really, um, really tune in to you. Right. Sodium is an essential nutrient involved in the maintenance of normal cellular balance, the regulation of fluid and electrolytes and your blood pressure. Start your morning right with a refreshing salty tonic of LMNT. It's spring season now, which means I will be enjoying watermelon or grapefruit salt on ice, and it is a fabulous way to balance stress hormones and make sure that I am maximizing my muscle gains. Element T also has a no questions asked refund policy. Try watermelon or any flavor that you want, and if you don't like it, they will refund your money no questions asked, and you don't even need to return the box. Head over to drinklmnt.com forward slash Dr. Estima. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com 
forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A, and you will get a free LMNT sample pack with any purchase. And let's, let's talk a little bit about the science around this. So what is happening? So you said your mouth is open. So of course you're able to inspire, you're able to inhale a big amount, a big gulp, if you will, of air, and then you're exhaling that out. So what is happening in the body as someone is hyper oxygenating, as we are bringing in all of that air and we are expelling what, tell me what's going on in the body there. Yeah. So we're taking in, it's a controlled hyperventilation. So people are like, are are we hyperventilating? Well, kind of. You are hyperventilating from the the standpoint of like you're taking in a lot of oxygen and you're depleting your CO2. But because it's done in a controlled way where the exhale is intentionally not forced out, it's just like falls away. So you've kind of find this, this balance. So the, as the oxygen builds up the carbon dioxide starts to get depleted, um, we actually start to release different neuropeptides and endorphins in our brain because our, our blood becomes more alkaline. So our brain is like, okay, you know, got to start releasing some of these things into our cerebral spinal fluid, which, you know, Everybody knows that endorphins start to make our bodies feel different. We feel they're, you know, help us release pain. We don't have as much access to our pain receptors at that point. And also you're at the same time, you're, you're shifting, um, because you've taken in so much oxygen, the body's like, oh, well, like, you know, we're not in survival mode anymore. Like we're not, we're not, um, scared or struggling or in stress. We're, we're at an optimal level. So the part of our mind that is really like stuck in, I got to keep myself surviving and alive and, and stuck in scarcity and fear can kind of go offline or just like settle into the background. At that point, we, so we're experiencing different sensations in our body and we've got increased um, blood flow, which makes for increased kind of like energy flowing through our, our body. Um, and then our mind shifts over into this more expansive state where both sides of the brain are, are connecting together at the same time. So it's actually the same brain state that you access taking psychedelics. It's the same place that you go. Um, and it's kind of like you can make new connections, neural connections that you couldn't before. So all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm fighting with my partner and I'm feeling fear. And I now see that the fear is connected to this moment with my dad and it's not about my partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Your brain just goes and clicks things together. That's great. And so in those carbon dioxide depleted environments, we can see I've had visuals. I've had, as you were saying, I've made profound realizations about my, you know, personality and why I do some of the things that I do, some of my drivers as well, which I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, of course, on the podcast, we talk all about nutrition and body composition and how to live a long life. And none of that matters if you hate yourself. Like it doesn't, if you want to live to a hundred or, you know, to be a super centenaire and you want to go post 110, none of that matters if you don't actually like the container that you're in. And this is why I think, you know, I'm, I'm all about geeking out on the metabolic pathways and metabolic health and let's train to improve our lean muscle mass. But 
All of that is for naught if we also don't take into account our relationship with ourselves and to take our past experiences, however good or bad or neutral those might have been, and to have a fully and to be fully integrated within within you know the past, the present, and potentially uh, the future as well. So I, I just I just love what you're saying and to piggyback on what you're saying as well, when we're hyper oxygenating the body, I mean, athletes, we know that athletes do this all the time. They will go up to oxygen depleted uh, environments in order to increase their capacity for extracting oxygen. And you can do this with breath work. And like you said, it's like a trip, like it's, and it's totally, I mean, it's work, you know, like the first 10 minutes, I always am like, God, this, I'm working today. Like this is work. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's also really, I mean, it's free and it's accessible to, to anybody. Correct. Absolutely. Anyone can breathe. Yeah. The interesting thing is that the reason it's such a great self-discovery tool is that we know that trauma and past events in our life that are, that have shaped our life, um, in some way, that they're often, yes, they're held in the nervous system, but we also hold them in the body as tension, tension in the, in the muscles, tension in the fascia. And so the interesting, you know, correlation with breathing and tension is like when you're exhaling, when you're like, ah, your body can't hold on to tension. And so as we breathe in this way, and we're kind of practicing this, this act of letting our body consciously relax and let go, oftentimes things come back to people that they they never would have remembered otherwise because our memories, as much as they're stored in our brain, are stored in our body. And so um, breath work becomes this amazing tool. Like you said, you're like, oh, I thought I moved, moved through all those things. And then you start breathing and you're like, oh, there's like still a little something that I'm holding here somewhere in my body. And so um, as you breathe, sometimes those, those subconscious memories and things can come back up to the surface um, to just be, to be witnessed so that they can, you know, move on and, and move through and we can, we can uh, live beyond that, that place of tension or that moment in our lives. We can rewire it. Right. And it's, it can be, you know, in, in the same way that I think psychedelics can be, you know, off-putting because it's, it can be scary, right? We sure. think, you know, when we think about, oh my gosh, I got to go back to that time when I was a little girl and I was so, so there can be this, um, I'll call it egoic, algorithmic, you know, decision-making process that's like, oh, well, we don't want to go back there. Like we've already gone through that. Why would we ever go back there? But this is, you know, to your point, you said this a little earlier, I think it's important for us. And particularly, there are a lot of women that listen to this podcast. There are a lot of clinicians also that listen to this podcast, you know, trying to uplevel their patient care. But it's important for us to learn how to feel our feelings. It's, it's important for us to learn how to, and if we haven't fully worked through something in the past, I guarantee you it's showing up today. You're just not aware of it. So it's, as you said, I I love this idea of allowing things to be witnessed. And it doesn't mean that you're going to be, you're going to go back to being six and you have no, or, you know, I'm making something, you know, going back to being six, you have no tools, no resources, you don't have a cell phone or, you know, there's not going to be any means for you to get help, but it is going to allow that part of you that is still, um, uh, 
alive and, and very well and very, in some ways driving the bus in terms of your behaviors, because that is shaping your beliefs, right? Around things. Absolutely. Um, it can help drive and change the way that you interact with not only your in yourself, but the environment around you. Totally. And a lot of these things, like you said, they don't show up directly in our lives. It's like they show up as our behaviors. They show up as um, physical illness. You know, the amount of people that um, that I see and I work with that have chronic pain or have been diagnosed with fibromyalgia or something, and then we start breathing and it's like, yeah, they've held on to so much. They've right. held on to so much from their past and it's all just trapped in their body. And the way I look at it is like the body's just physical pain and, and symptoms because of my own journey, I now see that it's just a way that the body is trying to speak to us. The body's just trying to get our attention, trying to say, Hey, there's something, there's something here. And whether that's a structural issue, something physical, or it's, it's something emotional, like it's always hey, the two. It's never hey, one. You never rest. You yeah. never slow down. Mm -hmm. Um, of course I broke my leg, you know, like mm -hmm. knock, knock. Do you get it yet? <laughs> Are you listening? And that knock becomes louder the more you ignore it. <laughs> yeah. So it may yeah. start off with being fatigued or having brain fog and then it morphs into a broken leg and then it morphs into, you know, your body saying, I will make you sit down, bitch. Like you are going to sit down and I will, I will find a way for you to rest and pay attention Absolutely. to me. Yeah. Yeah. What you're saying reminds me of, um, have you read the book, uh, Breathe by James Nestor? Yeah. So he talks about, um, I think it was in the 19, maybe late fifties or early sixties. Um, these patients that had emphysema, they brought these patients to a, I think he was a choir director or a choir master. Mm. And he realized that all these patients with emphysema, they were all taking these like really short breaths, like to what we were talking about, those very short accessory muscle, like upper lobes of the lung. So he started working with them on diaphragmatic breathing. So, at, you know, not with the intention to cure the emphysema, but to expand the capacity of the patient to use these different lobes of the lung. And of course, we know the diaphragm, when you inhale, it depresses. So you have more expansion, more ability to inspire. And then as you exhale, the diaphragm comes back up. And you mentioned something before that I wanted to, um, to double click on, which was this idea of letting go through the exhale. Mm -hmm. And I'll share a, 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 a personal story when you were facilitating a breath work uh, session. And I remember it was kind of in my, like when I still had my training wheels on in my breath work, like I was still mm -hmm. like a noob, like figuring it out, type A personality. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to figure this out in like one, one session. Like this is not, this is not hard. And I was like inspiring, like really forcefully and also yeah. doing the same on my exhale. Like it was like, <gasps> like, it was like I was working on that exhale. And yeah. I remember listening to you as you were going through the, you know, you were coaching us through through exhaling. And I was like, my exhale doesn't sound like her exhale. Like there's a, <laughs> a big difference. And at the end of your sessions, you'll often say, Hey, did anything come up for you? Does anyone have any questions? You know, you know, let's, let's journal, let's, you know, 
um, let's integrate. And I remember asking you about, and you maybe don't remember this was so long ago, but I said to you, like, what is it about the exhale? Like, why is it so difficult? And you had said something about, you know, the inhale being very masculine, the exhale being very feminine. Can you talk a little bit or expand a little bit on that concept? And for all of my, you know, type A Bettys that are just like me, they're like, I can do breath work like one time. And I've like, I've got this thing, you know, like, tell me a little bit about why that's so important. Yeah. I think everything in nature wants to be in balance, right? So of course our, our inhale and our exhale is like this beautiful, like, um, you know, taking in life, like literally our first breath is like the, the moment that life begins and our last breath is the moment that life ends. And so the, the inhale is really re- representative of like, can you take in life? Can you allow yourself to receive life, to be nourished by life? And then the exhale is like, can you let life live through you? Can you let go? Can you just let it be? And most of us are really good at like living our lives from the inhale. You know, we're like going, we're doing, we're, we're action oriented. The, the inhale is the action part. It's the doing, the exhale is the being. Mm. And so as a society, we suck at the exhale. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'll tell you a funny story. I, I did this. Quotables song. by Mansell. <laughs> we society suck the sucks on the exhale. Yeah. I um I did this breathwork training with this guy named Dan Brule, who's like king of breathwork. And um and what he taught us was really that yes, breathwork is a practice, but breathwork is a way of life. Like breathing is a way of life. You can use your breath in every moment to help you through life. And so what he, you know, gave us for homework was to really notice anytime we're holding tension or we're like uh clenching your jaw or like just not present, whatever, and to practice, like just taking a deep breath in and then, ha, like actually making a big sigh out loud. Mm. So I went to my parents' house that weekend and I can, we have like an open space, like it's an, it's an open concept and I can, I'm doing, you know, I'm just walking around like doing the breath and I can hear my parents downstairs and my dad's like, I think she's pissed at us. She's doing that weird breathing stuff all the time. And I just think she's really upset. (laughs) I was like, no, dad, like, I'm just, I'm just releasing the tension. It's good. Mm -hmm. So when you're facilitating breath work, you look for patterns in people. You look for, you know, do they struggle to take in? Some people really struggle to take in the nourishment, to take in the energy, to, to open to it, to expand. Um, lots of us want to control the exhale. We don't want to just like let go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's, there's a lot there. But learning to to do that that exhale in a way that um, it, it retrains your body to relax. It it retrains your body that it's it's safe and okay for you to relax and rest and let go mm-hmm. and not hold on. And you won't. Um, and you're safe in that. And safe to let go. And I think that that is such a 
big lesson for so many women that, you know, we've grown up in this more patriarchal dominant society where we have learned that the more male we are, the more, you know, I'm using my hands as air quotes for my listening Bettys, like the more successful we'll be. We have the accolades, the degrees, the homes, the money, the whatever. And I think that there has been a divergence away from more feminine and this idea of just surrendering and just being and even, you know, it's funny in my, I have become more and more interested in this, not only for myself, because I, I have used and learned these strategies, like how can I, to the point where it's, it's almost become like a toxic male thing Mm. or had become a toxic male energy that I was, it was like at all costs, I was going to get the career at all costs. I was going to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. So my own personal uh, journey has been more of a heroine's journey where I've, I've sort of followed this masculine pattern, you know, get to the top of the, you know, the, the ladder. And I'm like, fuck, I'm on the wrong wall. Like I'm, you know, it's, it's great. I'm, I'm happy that I'm here, but there's another wall that I need to climb and it's over there. And so now I'm sort of in this, in this space where I'm very interested in how I can retrain myself to let go, retrain myself to just And even in our, in the prep for this conversation, I, you know, there's many, we could, we could talk about HRV and we could talk about nitric oxide and we could talk about all those great things that are benefits of breath work. But I think that there's also a place to, to describe the personal experience that you've had and how it has changed, you know, your life, how it's changed my, my life and the way my stress management levels, because these are these are also really important endeavors that I think are forgotten and left by the wayside. Totally. I was breathing, um, a few weeks ago, this really successful real estate agent. And she said to me, um, so my friend bought me this session and she said, I need to learn to let go. And I got to tell you, I have no idea what that means. And (laughs) I was like, fantastic. Amazing. Great. So glad you're here. I was like, maybe you can just imagine that letting go, which is this, you know, like what the hell is that is, is just about your body releasing tension. And in the release of tension, you start in stress, you start to remember your natural state of beingness, which is a a state of relaxation. She was like, okay. And so I taught her, you know, the breath and she did her session and she pops up at the end and she's like, Jen, I let go. She's like, I let go twice. I I felt amazing. He's like, I couldn't understand it because it was something I had to feel. Mm. She's like, my mind wanted to understand like, okay, like what are the 10 steps to letting go? How do I get there? How do I know when I'm there? You know, how do I get a plus? And she finally got it that it's like, it's a feeling. It's a place that you come to at the end of a breathwork session where you're like, okay, yeah this is, this is the place. Right. It's, it's almost like, how do you describe an orgasm? Yeah. Right. Until you've had one, you know, you can, you can understand, well, there's like the four stages of the orgasm and then there's the resolution and the plateau and the, okay. Like you can understand all those things, but it's one thing to know. It's one thing to know, but we conflate that with experience. So I, I, I just love, um, that you said that. Um, okay. Let's, let's talk about what a typical breathwork session 
like walk me through what mm-hmm. a typical breathwork session is. You said it's about 45 minutes. There's open mouth breathing. What is, what does it look like? What does it feel like? Uh, sort of paint a picture for, for our Bettys and maybe also how often one might want to think about uh, breathwork as a, as a, as a health practice. Sure. Yeah. So yeah, the, the container for the session is usually about 45 minutes. I tend to like to give us about an hour, an hour and a half. And the reason being that letting go requires feeling safe. And so um, in order for us to, like a lot of us don't know how to relax anymore. And a part of that is we, a part of us doesn't feel safe to let go of the doing to remember how to relax again. And so we create this nice safe little container where we get to talk and connect and really figure out, you know, what's your, what's your intention for this, this experience where, um, and, and some examples of intentions are like, um, I'm looking for clarity on this one thing, or I'm stuck in this one place and I want to move through, um, or, you know, I want to give my body the space to rest, whatever. Have the person come up with an intention and whether it's in a group or a private session, they're both done in a similar way. You'll lay down, get comfortable. There's usually like pillows, eye masks, like you said, all that juicy stuff as if you were doing like a restorative yoga class kind of. Um, and then from there, we just ground into meditation. The music usually starts off slow and we start our breathing nice and slow. For the first sort of 10 minutes, we're really just moving through our physical and mental resistance to breathing in this way. It's uncomfortable. We're taking in a lot more air. The body's like, what the hell is going on? And oftentimes the mind will start to go like, you know, why am I doing this? This is hard. I don't want to do this. You know, all of those sort of resistance. I already know how to let go. I know this. When's something going to happen? Like Mm -hmm. I have a 12 PM, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, that kind of stuff comes up. And so the first sort of, it takes about eight to 12 minutes to actually build your oxygen levels to the point where we see the the shifts in the physiology. So the first, I always tell people like first 10 minutes, guys, nothing is happening other than you're probably going to feel some resistance. And why I think that part of the journey is so important for people is because like we haven't really learned how we can endure discomfort and get to the other side of it. So I think that's why people are starting to get into like um, doing ice baths and cold showers and things like that, because we start to learn, oh yeah, like I can breathe, I can be in this discomfort and I don't have to go into panic. I don't have to quit. I can keep going through and get to the other side where there's like, you know, bliss and exhilaration and all that. So we go from that resistance phase into the second chapter of the breathwork journey, which is usually um, this chapter of of exploration. So different things come up in that space. Sometimes you feel things moving through your body, um, energy moving. Sometimes you feel tension coming up. Sometimes 
emotions will rise to the surface. That's usually like our exploratory part of the journey. That's usually about 20 minutes. Different things can come up for different people depending on, you know, I'm a very body kind of base person. So I tend to move more and feel my body more. Some people are very visual in nature and they might vision things more. Um, That happens. And then the final part um, is really our integration. So we just start to slow the breath down. There's really spacious, open music. We're slipping into a parasympathetic state. The beginning where the beautiful thing about the way this journey is set up is we're, we're stimulating the nervous system, but we're not taking it into stress. And then we're slowing it down. So even that part in and of itself gets to kind of retrain your system of like, hey, like we can go into stress a little bit and we can also relax and it's okay. So we, you spend the pat, the last like 10, 15 minutes just kind of like soaking in this place, which is, I call it kind of beyond the mind. It's like beyond all those thoughts, the place we're all just dying to get to. Like, please let me get beyond the to-do list and the thinking and the worries to a place where the mind just feels more like a blank slate. And, um, and then, you know, we slowly come back. I usually get people to journal and we go on with our day. But people usually come out and, you know, the things I hear all the time are like, I feel so much lighter. I feel way more clear, way more grounded, way more calm. Um, and I think the, the beauty of this work is like you can move through so many things and you don't even really have to know all the things you're moving through. Right. Like regardless of what the journey was, you will come out at the end feeling, you know, kind of like relief in some way. And the movement piece that you mentioned, I have, al- I have also found that as well. There have been some sessions where I have been shaking as if I have been out in the cold and I have, you know, and there's usually a certain part of my body that's shaking. It might be my shoulder or my hips are shaking or something. And there's, um, you know, if I hadn't done any, you know, plant medicine journeys before, I might've been really scared by that, but it's also your body just sort of like shucking off, you know, like almost, you know, um, almost like a, a, a snake who sheds its skin. Like this is actually how you, you know, uh, how you actually get rid of some of those, you know, layers of tension and, and pain that you're holding on to. And sometimes the shaking has lasted almost the entire session. Um, mm. and then I'll find that there'll be sort of like residual tremors over the like next 20, let's call it 24 hours or so. Like I'll just find myself like shaking a little bit and then I'll do the, just some of that circular breathing, like the in and the out and the in and the out. And I find that it can just help with the, the body processing the, whatever it is. And sometimes I have no idea what it is. I'm like, okay, I guess my hips are going to shake right now. And uh, we're just going to go with that. Just discharging energy, you know, Mm -hmm. like we, we have, held on to so much that sometimes we don't actually need to know. We actually don't need to know. We can let things go without needing to know. It's just, we have an attachment to needing to know. But yeah, I've done some breathwork sessions where um, similarly, I just like the sense I've had is like, my body's like unraveling something, my spine, like my whole body is just like moving in circles and shaking. And, um, 
and there's this sense after of like, wow, like I just shed a layer. I don't know exactly what that was, but I feel so different on the other side of, of that. And so with meditating, we're often, you know, and I've, I've meditation is something that I have done for years, but I often like breath work either as a, you know, together, you know, there Mm -hmm. can be some meditation and then breath work or, um, for some women I, that I've worked with, I have found that meditation just doesn't work for them. They're like, like, you had maybe mentioned it before. Like, is this happening? Like, am I, am I still supposed to, how long is this going to, you know, so there's for, especially for a lot of type A personalities, I like the breath work because it, it almost gives them something to do. Like they almost feel like they're being productive in a way. It's the doer's meditation. Yeah. It's the doer's (laughs) meditation. I love that. How often should someone, if they're interested in breath work, if they want to start to see benefits of it, you know, with meditation, of course, we know that it's a practice that you need to do consistently. It's like golf, right? If you only do it once, you're never really going to get, be a good meditator. It's something that it has to be part of your, your uh, regular cadence and rhythm. How often would you recommend people uh, engage in breath work? Totally. Um, Breath work can be used as a daily practice, much like meditation. Um, So you can, there's many different techniques that you can use on the daily to integrate breath work. So if you were, you know, one of those people that was like, I just can't sit still and meditate, you could sit down and do, you know, some breathing instead of that meditation and still get the same benefits and access a similar place. I usually tell people, if you want to do these deeper kind of journeys that are more like 45 minutes, usually about once a week is, you know, if somebody comes to me and they're like, Hey, like, I want to get the hang of this practice. Um, or I'm ready to like really move through some, some stuff in my life. Then we usually work together once a week for, you know, over the course of a month or so. So they really get the hang of it and can, and can go into things, but more than once a week, because of the nature of breath work and it kind of like stirring things up or bringing things up. Um, I don't usually recommend people do it multiple times a week because you do need that time to kind of like, you know, you shifted things, you, you shifted your body. It's, it's like a chiropractic treatment, right? Like you wouldn't necessarily tell somebody to do that like four or five times a week. Um, you want their body to have time to kind of like go back to life and feel into like this new, alignment, we'll say. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's usually my sort of prescribed, um, timeline. So tell people if they want to try some breath work, if they want to try it with you, I mean, people can hear how wonderful all the baritone, uh, you know, uh, flavors (laughs) that you have in your voice. It is just such a pleasure to listen to you, uh, breathe. If people want to find out more about some of your breathwork sessions, where they can find you, you know, you mentioned before, uh, you know, I'm assuming now that we're still doing it over zoom because at the time of this recording, anyway, we're still kind of in lockdown and in-person things aren't yet a thing. Where can people find you? Where can people work? Is, do you work one-on-one? Is it only group sessions? Tell us all about that. Tell us all about you. Totally. Um, I work with people on multiple capacities. So I do private, um, sessions where, you know, we're able to like go in to more of the specifics and I can really focus on that person's, um, body and where, how their breath is moving and where it's stuck and work with them, um, 
in that way. And then I do, um, I have an eight week women's program that actually we start today. The next one starts today. So we, um, work together over the course of eight weeks. So we do breath work every Tuesday for eight weeks. Um, and I take people, you know, I, I help them better understand this practice, but we go through this series of sort of, um, themes that might come up along the way of a breathwork journey each week. We kind of dive into them deeper. And then I do community groups. So have online groups at least once a month where they're pay what you can, they're accessible. So anyone and everyone can come. And I've been doing that since the beginning of the lockdown because I just want to um, give people a tool that can help to support them through the stress and uncertainty and, and everything of this time. And breathwork happens to be a really great tool for that. And like you said, um, it can connect them to community, like-minded community who are also into this kind of weird, cool, um, you know, healing, self-discovery kind of, kind of stuff. So those happen once a month and And it's legal. It's legal. It's legal. <laughs> yes, it's legal and it's easy. Um, and most people have a great time. And, you know, for those of you who might feel nervous or like, I don't know if this is for me, it's too out there. I always tell people that it takes you where you're ready to go. So, um, and, and of course you would be nervous. It's also taking us into the unknown. The unknown is scary. Um, but one of the great benefits of the practice is that you get better at being okay in the unknown. So, so yeah, you can find all the goods and all the things. I'm on Instagram, JL Mansell, M-A-N-S-E-L-L. You'll find me there. And I have a website, jenmansell.com. And I actually have a free breathwork recording that I'm going to give to you guys you'll have the link, Dr. Stephanie. So you can pass it on to them. It's 20 minutes. So it's not super long, but it's a really um, good, good kind of just taste test of like, what would it be like if I laid down, put some headphones on, breathe for 20 minutes to end my day. Um, So you can give that a try and then that might give you a little intro into it. And then you can reach out to me from there and we can connect more. That's wonderful. So I'll make sure that all of these, of course, are in the show notes, including the 20 minute uh, link. And that's very generous of you. And I, I, I love the idea of, and maybe this is my masculine, I don't know, but I love the idea of starting anew. Like I, it, there's something about doing something and being like, super awkward. Like I think about like the baby giraffe that's just born and like, like her (laughs) legs are like much longer than she knows what to do with. There's something really wonderful around allowing yourself to be a beginner and allowing yourself to say, and what, you know, and I, in all honesty, when I first started breathwork, I was like, it's breath. Like how hard can it be? Like the hubris I had was just ridiculous. And of course, uh, was very quickly humbled by the power of moving your breath through your body through the tension, metabolizing some of the areas that I still hold lots and lots of tension in. And I love the eight week women. Is that, is I, I for me, I think that that's um, where I, I would love to play. So I'll definitely be checking that out as well. Um, 
Yeah. So thank you so much for all of this. I hope that this inspires someone to take imperfect action, which is what it's all about anyway. And uh, this has been great. I know this is going to help a lot of people. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. So now that we've had our breathwork session, our introduction to breathwork with Jen, I wanted to leave you a, with a positive review that came in for the podcast from France. Um, and this is from V. Frenier, um, and she left this review on Apple Podcasts. She said, you are changing my life. You are amazing. I love your podcast and your book. Thanks for all the work that you do. You bring so much important information in a simple way that we can apply immediately in our lives. Merci pour la vie. Well, merci à vous aussi. Um, I thank you so much for taking the time to write the review that you've done. Of course, it means so much to me and I monitor these all over, all over the place. So if it comes, comes in from France or Australia or England or wherever it's coming in from, I, um, I see it. So I also wanted to just shout you out and thank you. And, um, for those of you, that are interested in learning more about breathwork, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, this month inside Hello Betty, we are going to be doing a breathwork session with Jen. And by now you have learned to love her voice. It is soothing with those beautiful baritone, <laughs> those baritone elements that she has, that velvet, uh, velvetiness that she has in her voice. And she's going to be taking us through some breath work. Um, and I'm really excited to do that as a collective, because I think this has been a really great tool for my own healing, for me to learn how to release stress. And I hope that it will be a new tool in your arsenal for achieving and unlocking new levels of Betty-ness. So I will see you on the show next time. I hope you're having a great one and we'll talk real soon. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you who want to continue on this week's geeky magic carpet ride with me, visit bettershow.co forward slash show notes. You'll find research, links, summary notes, musings that I prepared in preparation for the podcast. And I often throw in some of my best practices, bonuses, and links. All the juicy bits are in there for you. 